Hello and welcome to the episodic audiobooks. As a added bonus, I've decided to expand on the blog. And if you've been following my blog for basically the past five years, you would know I do author interviews. Now, with the uh, start of a new decade, you know, it's a good time to revamp and redo things, get better, smarter, and as I say on the blog all the time, work smarter, not harder. But uh, I wanted to give more value and more interesting stuff for you, the listener, to enjoy. And as, the, um, as a bonus to the regular monthly author interviews on the blog, there's now going to be this short audio component that expands on the written interviews done by my fellow authors who join me on the blog. And it's going to be a bonus every month. Um, if you're listening to this on Patreon, you get the early access. And thank you so much for signing up. It'll be just an extra added bonus. You get to learn about new authors. And then, of course, if you're listening to this on the blog or on the podcast, then, uh, then you get the public version, which... These usually come out in the second week of every month. Now, for the very first audio component of these new interviews, I am pleased to welcome award-winning psychological thriller author Rochelle Tomeo to discuss her next novel, The Sin of Greed. Let's jump into it. Thank you, Rochelle, for uh, doing the interview and talking with me today. Sure thing. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, and uh, the the written interview is really good. I quite enjoyed, um, yeah, your responses. That story about the TikTok uh, that you did for um, some of your experiences yeah. as a, a dispatcher. Yeah, that was intense. Yeah, that was probably the worst one I've had, one of them. Um, my TikTok account, I started telling stories from when I was a 911 operator. The few that I could remember, I know... I did it for 12 years, but, you know, um, and some of those blew up and that one really did. <clears throat> yeah. Wow. Cause man, yeah, that's intense. Um, I, I curious, do you have any actually like any funny ones <laughs> that are, that happened? With yes, dispatching? I took quite a few that were funny. Um, I was actually proposed to twice on the phone oh <laughs> and yeah i once by a drunk woman and <laughs> was by a man <laughs> who was calling in um to inquire about warrants he had for his arrest and oh. <laughs> um yeah it was funny um but uh yeah i mean i did work in like a big city like houston where it's just crazy non-stop and all you do is take calls and answer the phone I they worked in a smaller um, city. We did everything, and we, but we did have a lot of you know downtime. Every nine one one call is not an emergency. Actually, the majority of them are not emergency. Yeah. Yeah. No, that that makes sense. Um, my um, uh, brother in law, he is also a dispatcher for here in Alberta, uh, in Canada, mm -hmm. and. Yeah, he's he says the the planes, uh, the rural planes get some strange stuff sometimes. Um, yeah, because like the calls aren't necessarily emergencies; it's right. people that they don't know where to go. <laughs> yeah, I got a lot of. I don't know if this is an emergency, and people really don't know if it's an emergency. 
Um, yeah. I, I don't know. One of the funnier ones that I took, at least to me, it was funny. It was funny to all of us. In the county where I was dispatching, in the summertime, we have horrible mosquitoes here in Texas. And um, we have different counties do different things in the county. I live in a truck comes around once every couple of weeks and sprays. In the county that I was working in, uh, every few weeks or so, an airplane flies through and sprays mosquito spray through the air to help keep the mosquito population under control. And this plane flies really, really low. Oh. And because, you know, spraying mosquito spray, you don't need to be, you know, really high up to do that. Yeah. So when it came through, we started getting all these phone calls about this low flying aircraft. And um, we would just call after call after call, and we would tell them it's a mosquito plane, it's a mosquito plane. Um, and this one lady called, and she, she asked, she goes, I want the, de-, she called 911 for this too. I want the Department of Aviation. That is what she said. <laughs> and I was laughing. I'm like, who do you think you're calling? The Department <laughs> of Aviation? <laughs> yeah, I guess the there's FAA, one. okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and I was like, I'm sorry, we don't, have, there's no such animal. What, you know, can I help you with? And yeah. she told me about the plane. I knew immediately that's what it was when she said that. No, she was, you know, really insistent. But um, we had to explain to her, it's just a mosquito plane. Don't worry about it. There's no, you know, anything crazy going on. Yeah. Um, But yeah, that was funny. She wanted the Department of Aviation. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, I guess they just really don't know. Like, um, uh, one, I wrote a short story one time, and I was trying to figure out, it involved um, uh, an animal corpse, and I was... Really realizing it's like, oh, do they? That's not a that's not a nine one one. So it's like, who do you call? So I had to just look it all up, and uh, yeah, like mm-hmm. the stuff you can find it publicly, but who really goes out of their way? Um, Nobody yeah. does. Yeah, and people would get so angry because they would call like because their dogs were fighting, and oh. we would ask them like, are any people involved? No. Okay. Well. Dogs fight. I mean, there's no, there's no, problem. no, there's nobody in danger. No, everybody's okay. It's, it's just a dog. What, do you, what is it that you want a police officer to do? Kissing an yeah. ambulance for your dog, you know? <laughs> and this was the novel one is for human emergencies, not yeah. dog emergencies. You know, what do I do? And, you know, <laughs> if we had a minute, you know, I would. Uh, call, I would tell them you can call an emergency vet, and you know, if you caught me on a good day, I might give you a phone number. But it wasn't a habit because, yeah, you know, you never know what's coming. But yeah, for all kinds of things. Wow. My worker told me she had a call uh, because this lady kept telling her her baby was choking, and Ooh. when the ambulance got there, it turned out it was a dog. Oh, it wasn't even. Oh, her it's baby. her baby. It yeah, her pet. Dog, <laughs> but it was her baby. So she just kept saying, my baby, my baby. And so the dispatcher, of course, would have no clue that it's not a baby. No. It was a dog. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And, and uh, sorry, and how many years again did you do the dispatching? I was a dispatcher for 12 years. 12 years. Wow. Left about two and a half years ago. Wow. Yeah, that's, you got to have like a lot of good material. <laughs> It is just yeah, it definitely changes you. And I was I trained people and I did so many different things and um 
learn so much. It's just you're, whenever you dispatch, you go in as one person, and when you do exit the other side, you're different. So you, those, those things kind of changes kind of stay with you. Yeah. Um, but I did do it for a while. Most definitely. Nice. And yeah, I was kind of curious, uh, taking a, a shift with um, your your novels, and they're thrillers that do follow. Um, they follow the theme of uh, seem to be like the seven deadly sins. Um, how come uh, that that was the direction you went? Actually, that's kind of a weird story. Um, I I was at a nine one one conference actually uh, here in Galveston, and um, it was towards the end of the conference, and I had I was just finishing up writing uh, the book lucifer's game and i wasn't sure what i was going to do next because everybody liked the character and i was like maybe i should do a sequel and you know i was i just wasn't sure what i was going to do so i was i had this in my mind and our keynote speaker at the end of the conference was elizabeth smart and i found this out and i was like super excited because i was like oh my god i can't believe Elizabeth smart you know knowing what she went through and to hear her in person was just amazing and um yeah but she she came out and she told her story the same one you hear on you know tv and the id channel and all the movies and everything she herself told this story and as i was listening to her tell this story about what happened to her um i don't know and i don't even know that the idea is so much related to the story that she told me it was just like lightning struck me in the middle of the her speech realizing um the sin of lust the sin of wrath considering you know her story that she was telling about being kidnapped and the things that happened to her um it it kind of came from that actually and wow. and that's and as, as the idea was was like a seedling you know and it started growing um from the idea of telling one story because i had just finished a book uh, with the demon of lust in it, which was the first game. Yeah. And then it just kind of came from that, you know? Um, and, and, and originally I intended the, the book to be a spinoff from that, but it didn't, it didn't work out. I decided not to do that. And I ended up writing break my bones. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so the sin of wrath ended up being the first sin and this actually break my bones. Um, it was a, the idea came from a true event. Um, whenever I was a first-year dispatcher, uh, a man came into the lobby. His after-hours dispatch would take care of walk-in. And he wanted to speak to somebody because he had just gotten out of jail and he wanted to pick up his property. And so I tell him, you know, if I have a seat, I'll have the property detective come out and, you know, get you. And when I sat down, my partner tells me who he is. And she said that she'd been working there for years. And she says, that guy right there, he was arrested because he had a wife. And she um, came into the police department because the night before he woke her up in the middle of the night, put a gun in her face and threatened to kill her. Assaulted her terribly. He was was, was, uh, terribly abusive to her, but he really just beat her up real, real bad. And she got tired of it. She was afraid for her life. So she came to the police department. And while she was at the police department dealing with all that, 
they found him driving around, actually on his way home, um, pulled him over, you know, and arrested him for the assault. And they found him in his in his in the back in the, in the trunk of his car with things like rope and tarp and stuff oh. like that. So they they felt that they caught him before he did what she was afraid he was going to do. Wow. And that story was just, I was such a new dispatcher and everything was so new to me. Um, I, I just stuck with me. I never forgot it. Yeah. And I twisted that story a little bit. And if you read the book, you can, you'll find it in there. Wow. But that story is where that book came from. That, that's that's chilling <laughs> that's it geez. was and i was like man i looked right into this guy's face you know and i was like what happened to his wife and she's like oh she was from um a, a european country and she took their child and went home she went back to where she uh, was born okay and she's yeah. okay she's fine now she's on the other side of the world you know and i'm like this was a young guy looked like a normal person you know and i'm like yeah you just can't tell by looking at people yeah. Oh, yeah. Like you said earlier, it mm-hmm. changes the way you uh, you see things and see people. And it wow, really did stuff like that happening. Yeah, um, they look like normal people, you know, and the way people handle emergencies and different situations, and you know, the people's reaction to how other people react to certain things, and telling them, "Well, you shouldn't react this way. You should react that way." That yeah. happens too, even in like dispatch centers when a dispatcher would struggle with the aftermath of a call of i've seen other dispatchers give her a hard time you know if you wow. can't handle it you shouldn't be doing it well that's not necessarily true you know you don't know what people have been through you don't know what triggers people no no you don't wow <clears throat> that's that's fascinating and yeah thank you yeah. um for, for taking uh joining on the uh audio portion of the interview um great great insight and like some funny stories all that stuff definitely inspired the series it's all in there cool yeah no that's perfect thank you again and to everyone who's listening definitely check out rochelle's work you can find it in the bottom of the interview on her website amazon and then there's the social media links as well for facebook twitter instagram pinterest and tiktok um again thank you rochelle thank you so much 